Electricast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest, Sherry Sterling Fernandez. Sherry is a speaker, a teacher, a mentor, and is now the author of the best-selling book, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. This is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller. Sherry and her husband, Ken Fernandez, are a rags of riches story. Against all odds, they found success, not only financially, but in each of the eight areas of life mastery, physical, spiritual, relationships, education, motivation, money, lifestyle, and character. The Life Mastery Program is a result of their careful study of the principles of success and a lifetime of practicing those principles. What makes Sherry unique is her ability to teach personal development and do so where she has the ability to invest and master the principles she teaches each of her clients. It all began in 2009 in the midst of the recession when Sherry opened a boutique fitness, Fitmania, and personal development business, Fit Life, that grew rapidly and transformed lives. Out of that emerged Sherry's Life Mastery Training, the Life Mastery Mentoring Program, and Sherry's powerful new book, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential, which we'll learn more about today. They all focus on achieving full life mastery in those key eight areas. However, Sherry often observed that people in personal transformation programs leave excited and vow change, only to slip back into old habits without a practical, accountable way to implement that change. A solution to that is what life mastery brings to the discourse. Sherry maintains that the formula for life mastery is contentment plus progress equals happiness, striving continually toward your infinite potential. And she has the method to keep you in that sustained process of achieving, becoming, and celebrating. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Sherry to the show. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. As I was saying before we started, I am very pleased. I had a chance to look at this amazing book of yours, and I find it to be a fascinating read. I wanted to ask you, what prompted you to write this book? As I get that question a lot, like, if you always wanted to do this? And the answer is absolutely not. I never did want to do that. I uh, would often, when I speak somewhere, people would say, you need to write a book. And I'd be like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm a speaker, not a writer. And I never felt like I had any talent for it. I'm not saying I do now, except... I am actually pretty pleased that came out for being a non-writer, but I just, um, it was, well, 2019. And I don't think I would have done it if I had been for COVID. I wouldn't have the time, uh, but it just, it was not the reason. It just, you know, and I was inspired. I just felt like I'd, I'd been asked again. And then my husband said, yes, you should. And somebody else said, yes, you should. And I thought, I guess I should. And maybe I can do it if I write, if I say what, if I, if I write the way I speak, which actually doesn't really work that well, but a lot of people say they hear my voice in their head when they read it. But um, if I write the way I speak, maybe I could pull it off. And I did have something to offer, I felt like. And uh, of course, I didn't want to die with it in my head. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. So um, 
yeah, so it just came together and then it, it really came out really quite quickly. But like my husband said, you've been you've been writing it for 40 years because it took me 40 years to learn all the stuff that was in it. But uh, it didn't take me really very long to write, actually, surprisingly. I thought when I got it, I'd hate it. I thought I'm going to read this. It's going to be dumb. And I got it. And then, you know, I got my first book. and I read it. I was like, oh, I just, <laughs> this is pretty good. I must have had a higher power working on that with me because it seems better than what I feel like I would be capable of doing. And I know in the intro, I discussed your life mastery program and in comparison to other personal development programs, I wanted to see if you can give us a little background on your opinion as how your program differs from a typical personal yeah, development type program. There's probably about three things. One thing is right now in the genre, it's really, um, I've observed happens is people write a book about a thing, like one principle, like maybe it's habits or maybe it's motivation or whatever it is, or they teach one principle or it's in one genre like business. And it's a very long book, and it's, it's very, like, I'm finding myself a lot of times reading half the book and saying, okay, I got it, you know, and moving on to something else. So the one thing is how comprehensive it is, because I'm not building a career. Young, a lot of younger people are wanting to build a career, so they've got to write a book, and then a couple of years write another book so they can stay in the forefront, right? I didn't feel a need to do that. I wanted to say what I had to say and let the chips fall how they might. So that's one way. So it's really chock full of information. You probably know that. It's uh, yes. it just a lot of print, maybe too many. I don't know. Uh, so there was that. The other thing is I, I didn't teach something that I learned about somewhere else. There are things that I had to seek out the information starting when I was in my twenties. I just wanted a lot. I wanted a lot of things I've like I wanted to be really fit and still have children and, and have a great body. And I wanted to be, I wanted no ceiling on my finances. And I wanted to have a really, I'd never wanted to get married, but now that I was married, I thought, well, I'm going to have the best marriage possible. And I just, I wanted to travel. I just wanted a lot of things. I wanted to be educated. And I had nothing at the time. So I had to find out how to do that. So I lived those principles. And then um, as people observed me, the changes in my life, I began to get uh, asked how I was doing it, opportunities to speak. And then eventually I opened Fitmania. And then eventually I wrote the book. So what I, I, I have found success. All the eight areas I talk about, I'm successful. I'm not arrived because you never arrive. But I have really good success in every, my marriage is beautiful. Uh, my relationships are great. My money, I don't have a ceiling on my on my income. Uh, my lifestyle is beautiful. All the eight areas I've been successful in. And I, I think that that's probably where in to find somebody. And I, I go places and I'll meet somebody. And I'll be, I'm a life trainer. I'm like, yeah, but you're 24. <laughs> like, how can you be a life trainer when you're 24? You haven't even lived yet, right? Uh, yeah. I live. I'm 65, so I've been around quite okay. a while. And uh, so I found success. And then the third thing would be, that I give you actual tools. One of the things is I was looking for how to how to implement success in my life was I'd go to seminars, I'd hear these speakers and good ones and great ones and really affected my life. And this isn't a criticism in any way, but then afterwards, so many times I'd be left, but okay, I'm ready to go. I can probably figure out what I need to do because I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how. Give me some how to do it. Tell me where to start. Give me a starting place because um, without some, if you don't, then a few weeks later, nothing's changed. You got all motivated, all worked up, but now nothing's changed. And so you're back where you started, right? So I wanted, I see compared to like a diet, you know, you diet for 12 weeks, lose a <laughs> and then the diet's over, you go back, you go back to eating the same thing because nothing's changed. So I wanted to make sure that whatever, the most important thing to me was I made sure that there were tools that people could apply so they knew how to make the changes in their life. I find your formula interesting. Contentment plus progress equals happiness. And I want to see if you could explain to our audience how you arrived at that formula and what it means to you. Yeah, you know, there's a, that thing, especially especially big on social media right now when there's all these like influencers or whatever, but I just need to love myself the way I am. I shouldn't have to change. I'm great the way I am. Well, that's kind of true, <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be kind of a sad life if you never changed, right? Um, we have to progress to be happy. But in order to progress, we also have to like who we are and know that we're valuable enough to progress. It's a weird dichotomy, but you have to be content in, uh, in your life and content with yourself before you can really progress. If you're all this angst about unhappiness about your life, it actually gets in your way. So if you can be content where you are, but be the person who wants more. I'm, I like who I am. I'm content with who I am, but I'm somebody who wants more out of life. And so then I need to progress because that really progression really is uh, the key to happiness. It truly is. If we're not happy, if we're stagnant and, and we're not even stagnant because we're either growing or we're dying. I mean, we're either moving forward or slipping back. There's no, there's no status quo. 
and there's no fun in the slipping back. So <laughs> one, one of the things I learned recently and just thinking about is um... life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer and emotional intelligence coach and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. People look at failure sometimes too much and they overanalyze their failures and they get hung up on the failure and they don't move past it. They don't learn from it and they don't master their life skill set. I wanted to ask you, when you look at someone who's dealing with failure, you know, failure is a transitory thing in my mind. I don't think failure is a permanent state of mind or a permanent condition. I think it's a lesson to learn either something you didn't do right that didn't pan out right. But there's always new opportunities coming around and the universe, I think, provides that. And I want to ask you, from your personal experiences with life mastery and just things you've gone through in your life, what recommendation would you make to someone in our audience who's dealing with a really major setback right now? Maybe their careers failed because of COVID, they lost their house, a family member died, or they're just really unhappy with a relationship that didn't work out, those eight areas. Maybe some of those areas are really off for someone. And how would you recommend they find relief in all that to, to move forward? Well, it's just first, first of all, seeing it as an event, we, you know, we get emotionally caught up in, in, and, and with good reason and we're at this, we're caught up in this thing and it feels like the end of the world at the moment. Like it just feels like such a big deal. But in hindsight, um, when you get past it, it's not going to look like just an event, right? It's just, <laughs> happen. it's not going to feel too, seem like such a big deal as when you're in it. So if you can remember that it's just an event, it's not the end of the world. And the same principles, you just go back to the same principles, you set the goals and move forward. But what's interesting about failure is, and I think you, you probably have other people say this, if you've asked the question before, oh, yeah. or you look in your own life, but you look back and you think, what was a failure turned out to be a blessing somewhere, of right? Course. It opened a door. <laughs> I'd like to share one with you. And I'm sure, I don't really share this publicly very often, almost never, but <laughs> um, I had this bit mania business and, and personal development and it was rock and like, we made a difference in so many people's lives. We taught. I still run into people who just, um, lots of old clients came to the book signing and they're like, you changed my life. You know, I still hear your voice in my head. We really made a significant difference in our community. And actually, I believe we were part of helping change some of the views on fitness and how we view food and movement. It was great. And I love the people there. My trainers rocked. Everything was awesome, except one thing. I lost a boatload of money. (laughs) Fitness is a tough business. Fortunately, we had the money and I could lose it. Our other businesses were doing well, but still, I felt I felt bad about that, you know, and I also kind of had a little burnout at the end. So I left that mania feeling not very, very, um, I felt like a failure, you know, even though we did all these great things with great fundraisers, but still, I, I just had this nagging sense of failure. Plus, I kind of trashed myself a little bit in it uh, emotionally. So then the two years go by and I write this book and I realized, I can't write the book. I couldn't have written the book. had I not been So the story wasn't over yet. And so if somebody's going through failure, I'd like to say the story's not over yet. It feels right now. Like I couldn't have, I never want to go back there. So I couldn't have ever imagined that that story wasn't done. If I had closed that door, but it turns out that I, that door was still open. It was still ongoing. And so I would say, if you feel like you've had a failure, just, just give it a little time and you'll look back and you'll say, oh, that's not over yet. I've not failed yet. Well, I always use the example of Lincoln. Like we all know what he accomplished as president and we all know what happened to him in the end. But when you look at his life before he became president, he if you were to Google Lincoln's failures, Abraham Lincoln's failures, and you look at it, it is if you if you read it and you didn't know it was him and you're like, oh, so he started on business and that failed. He started a law firm and that failed. He ran for office. He lost. He ran for office. He lost. He had a failed relationship. I mean, you want to talk about one nonstop failing experience after the other. I believe President Lincoln was probably the most learned man on earth at the time, by the time he got elected president. And he developed the skill set he needed to lead the country through the Civil War. But a lot of that, I feel he 
got those skills, his life mastery skills through all the failures he went through and yeah, persevering and pushing forward, right? Right. And that deal, people say, yeah, I uh, will seek out me, seek my advice a lot. And people will be like, oh, you're wise. I, I am really wise, Jason. I'm really smart. I know a lot of things. But it's because I did a lot of, I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of dumb things, which I won't go into. <laughs> it's okay. But I learned a ton from all the stupid things that I did. I'm doing it wrong first. And that does make you wise. And that's what happened to Lincoln. I think all of that he learned about in that process, not and, and compassion, you know, the, the the human things you learn too when you have trials and do things the wrong way. I think you just have to make some mistakes before you really to really know what life's about. You know what I love what I love about your eight it's the eight areas. I love the fact you're you're talking about balancing out your life, right? Mastering your life in certain eight areas. And a lot of people that I've come across, I'm a lawyer by day, I call it, right? And then I do my podcasting and my psychic stuff. A lot of the attorneys I encountered in my practice the last 20 years, they don't have balanced lives. They might be amazing attorneys and they might, you know, on paper look amazing. But when you see that, you know, they're drinking, their relationships failed, they're not in any relationship dynamic with their children. And it's, it's sad because I think if people strove for life mastery, like you're recommending, I think they could live more balanced lives and they could be better people, yeah. not and have regrets. You can't be, you know, like progressions, happiness, but you can't just progress in one area because you lose too much. It costs you exactly. too much in the other area. So you're not going to be happy. And that was one of my frustrations with a lot of the, the, in this genre of motivation, self-help, personal development is that it's often aimed towards money and career. But and that's great. And they'll give a nod to, and also this should, you can apply these principles in your relationships or whatever, but it's mostly driven by people who have found success in those areas. And so there's not a that's lot- It's one-dimensional though, in my opinion. It's so one-dimensional. Yes, yeah, one-dimensional. They, they give a nod, you do have to be well-rounded, but then what they know is this, and so this is what they share. And I try to not use very many financial- I use fitness more often as for examples, because I wanted to break away from that because it, as for me, what I was looking for, I didn't need the financial part. My husband had that covered, you know, he was working hard on that part. I mean, I supported him, I needed it, but I wanted more information on how to be a better person. And the character was one that I added later, uh, almost just about the time I started the book, because I kept thinking something's missing. I did seven areas for forever. And I kept thinking, yeah, but where do you put the thing like, I want to be more, I want to be more honest. I want to keep my speech cleaner. I want to be a person who stands up for what's right. I want to be um, kinder, nicer, better. I mean, you know, where do you put all those kind of things in there? Important. And so I added the character. And that's, it's such a, it's such an important part. You need yeah, character, right? Especially with the world right now, character yeah. is so important. And, and it's, honestly, it helps to not balance it too, because now I'm, if I'm working on character, I'm not going to do something questionable in my business because I'm working on my character too. Exactly. That just fits really good. Or my relationships. When I forget the relationship, I can always remember that I'm a person who's this certain kind of person and I don't want to be like that. So the character sort of balances it all. It wasn't my favorite section, but I was so pleased that I added it. Actually, the spirituality section was my very favorite one to write. Let me ask you this, because this is a spirituality podcast. What are your views on spirituality from your own personal experiences in life? And what have you gained? from making spirituality a focus of your life that is such that is so i I mean i don't even know that i could it's so deep and so broad in my life i don't even know where i can start but let me start with a story um when i was a child my parents got divorced when i was seven there was four of us and my mom was this is 1962 i mean it's not done you know divorces and we were in a small town and my mom did not have the ability to support us it was, you know, not very pretty. And then she married the wrong kind of guy, you know, one of those guys. And so it was kind of a tough situation. And I didn't know, I hadn't had any religious training that I recall at all. And I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. But I've been praying that my parents would get back together again. I'm sure a lot of kids do that. But mine did. They divorced the current spouses, got back together, stayed together until I was an adult. And my siblings were still, <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but I was an adult. And they gave me some stability for those last years. Um, but that was the beginning for me. And even though my life, I did, I tell in the book about my, I was adrift for a lot of years, party crowd, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> and so I, I spent a lot of times drifting and doing a lot of the wrong things. But I clung to that practice because I knew 
I didn't, I didn't understand at that time what it was, but I knew there was a force in the universe, a God in the universe who cared about me. And I knew that was true. And I felt that influence. So I would come home from partying or whatever and still have the nerve to get on my knees and see if I could get some kind of a prayer out my mouth. So I kept that practice um, and to this day. And I just, I still feel like that. I feel like there's a force in the universe, a God in the universe who loves me. I'm important and can do his work through me. And yeah, so that's just that kind of, that's why more than you wanted to know. I love, I love your answer though. Cause I love the candidness of it. And I love the fact that you're looking at your life and you're saying, you know what, there's a higher power I believe in. I may, when I was younger, I might've gone out and been a typical blah, 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 in that age frame of mine that you were in at the time, but you still had time for prayer and you still had time for your spiritual development and growth. And I, I, yeah, I find I, that. Uh, it was key you know, to it. Too. Something, I don't something think to salute you. Yeah. I don't think I would have been. So I, I had a, and here's the other thing about that, Jason, is I feel like this. <laughs> okay, you can argue whether whether prayer makes a difference in your life or not, but I want the very best in life. I want everything, every day, to be the very, very best it can be. I we only get this one life, and I want mine to be just rocking. I, I picked up this phrase from uh, John Acuff. He said, "My life is dope." I said, "I tell him now, my life is dope." We <laughs> really have this beautiful life, and I want every day to be just as good as it can be. So, if there's any, I which I totally believe there is, but if there's any chance that there, I can bring the powers of heaven into my life that day. I want it. I want that. And so I don't want to start a day without prayer because I want, if there's any chance at all, I can get any divine help. I want that. And I do believe I get that too. But so that's one way I think about it. That's excellent. Uh, I, I'll ask you this. One of the other values that I, I really find is a common theme on my show. Actually, I feel like the universe brings amazing guests on my show to share similar themes. So if someone actually listens to all my interviews, uh, they'll see common themes. One of them is the power of coaching, the power of mentoring others, helping oh, yeah. others achieve their full potential. And I believe that what you're writing about, sharing, discussing today, it validates that strength that you can coach others and help others. I want to ask you, can you share with us what type of coaching, if, if any, do you do in your, in, your, in your business life? And how could our audience find out more about you directly if they wanted to reach out to you? Well, that, that mentoring others is totally my jam. I totally believe in the, the power of human beings. I mean, it makes me emotional to think about. Um, I use the, not the, the uh, analogy of the redwood cone, which is only like not even an inch tall, and yet it's the, it's the seed in there of the biggest trees in the world, right? Is that what this is from? The cover yeah, of your book? That's, that's I love that. I was going to ask you about that too. So you kind of hit on it before I got to ask, but I love you it. It's calling of the redwood trees, you know, <laughs> and if you've ever been there, you just, you, they blow you away, right? They're, I don't live in a city with really big buildings, but they're pretty big. And the redwood trees are taller than the biggest buildings in my town. I mean, it's just incredible, right? Nature, and I think I people it. are like that. And so, and we talk, some of my team, we talk about this, how addictive it is to see people change in people's lives. So mentoring uh, other people is totally my thing. Uh, that's why I wrote the books. I thought I can't get to, to as many people as I want to be. There's things I want to teach. And I, I feel like I really have something to offer. It's all really about uh, if you can find a coach or a mentor who has your best interests in heart and knows what they're talking about and can teach you some things, man, just grab hold of them. I think most of them are, I hate to be you know, rude, but most of them are worthless. But there's a lot of good ones out there, too. And uh, if you can find one of those who will help you get to higher levels, it's awesome. Good story. When we were at Fitmania, our Fitmania workouts were classes and they were rocking hard. I mean, they were tough. They were push-ups and high-intensity cardio. And they were, they were just like hard and they were tough. And we, we pushed for hard for 45 minutes. Anybody could do them, but they were hard. And we had this trainer, Jabari, just love this guy. He was, so, <laughs> he was um, um, from the Air Force. And big muscles, you know, tattoos. And he was a, a black guy. And he's like, you know, there's not a whole lot in our community. So that was fun to have him. He was in just, oh, just awesome guy. But he um, he would get in front of us. He would train. He was on the trainers. And he would get in front of somebody. Can you imagine how intimidating that could be? Like maybe they're doing up downs or something. He'd stand in front of them. And we're doing so many in a 20 seconds. And he'd push them and make them get more in the 20 seconds. He'd be already thinking that they're at their limits. But there he is in front of them helping him get a few more in in 20 seconds. And it's a great metaphor for a coach or a mentor. It's somebody in front of you who's pushing you, but not because he's trying to show off. We all know Jabari rocks. You know, we all know he can do outdo any of us, 
but because he cares about you and he wants you to get a few more and see what you can do. That's mentoring. I, I love being the recipient, being a mentee as well as being a mentor in my life. I've had amazing mentors and I love mentoring others for younger people or people who are interested in the stuff that I know a lot about. And I find that it helps me with my life purpose. During the pandemic, a lot of people had their life purpose kind of changed and transformed overnight when they lost a job or they've been struggling with all these things. And I, I will tell anyone in our audience that if you feel like you've lost your purpose, try to help someone else, try to mentor someone, right? Empower yourself, but also you gain that purpose from empowering others. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. Find somebody that, please don't try to tell somebody something you don't already know from your own experience, <laughs> but you, everybody's good at something. So maybe you're not gonna be able to mentor somebody in a whole life, but maybe you're good at the guitar and you can take it, you can mentor somebody at that, or maybe you're good in business. Uh, my husband's a great businessman and he does. Uh, he'll probably be swamped now with requests, but just with no cost, he will just talk to young entrepreneurs or people who are trying to start a business and help them figure out if the business that they want to start is viable. He gives them the basics. He just does that. So that's great mentoring, right? doesn't cost anybody anything uh, and gives him a chance to serve. Yeah, if you've got something that you can do, you got to be on higher ground, though. Please don't try to teach somebody something you read in a book. Make sure you're on higher ground. But everybody's on higher ground than somebody in something. And yeah, I love that. If we all did that, took somebody under our wing and, and help them be better at something, it'd be great. What's your, what's your greatest accomplishment to date? Oh, well, you can't ask a mother that. <laughs> you know, I had six kids, and uh, yes, which is a lot, right? And it's a lot, even, even though my kids are older. I mean, even when I was having that was a lot of kids, and uh, we're family people. And so my, my fondest accomplishment would be my children, of course. And then the difference we made at Fitmania, that would be, be as far as something personally I've done, we did some fun things. I've done some, I did it. One of the hardest things that it's in the book, I uh, had had on my, my, uh, big dreams list that I wanted to do a bodybuilding competition. I'd want to do this since I was in my thirties, but you know, one reason or another, the kids, we had positions in the community. You get up on stage, you're practically naked, right? So I we had positions in the community where I didn't really feel like I could do that. And then I'm writing the book and I'm writing about no regrets. I'm like, okay, what's the one thing, Sherry? So I never did that competition <laughs> last November. And I'm not, I can't, I, I, I could, I'm not interested in losing the, the amount of weight to be really competitive, but I look pretty good. So I can get up on it. That Congratulations. Album. That's huge. <laughs> and I was, I was the oldest person there too, by the it way. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that you had the courage to put thought, push through hard. and do it, right? I've been on a lot of stages in my life, Jason. I have spoke to thousands <laughs> of people. I've been on a lot of stages. I, I rarely just get nothing but a little bit of a flutter of butterflies, but I was scared to death. This was something I was selling over my head, but I'm really proud that I did that. It was hard. It has to be. Hard. It has to be. It was just scary. I mean, that, that motivates me right now. Yeah, I do I all have, these I have a, stuff. I didn't know them. It was, it was, I might do another one this fall just so I can do a little bit better. But uh, you know, yeah, I got fifth out of five. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You, got a statue. <laughs> you participated and you placed. That's I did, what right? matters. I, I placed. That's, That's right. the point. It has nothing to do with where you placed. It's the fact that you placed. Yeah. No, so, oh, there's some things I wouldn't do to my body to be that competitive. But yeah. it was fun. And I, I, I feel really proud that I did it, even though I, you know, I wasn't competitive. Really. <laughs> I, um, that's like when my grandfather passed away in 2004, he motivated me a lot to be intuitive as a psychic and came to me the night he, of his death. I had orbs of light come like an unsolved mysteries episode. My audience is familiar with that story, but what they don't know is that afterwards I decided to train for a marathon and I never had any physical, I'm actually 50 pounds heavier than I probably was back then. And because of my grandfather and my motivation, I did a half marathon. And then three weeks later, I did a full. And then I did a few others after that. The point is this, I am not a fast person. I don't fast run. I don't, I, I, I placed, I finished, I got my, my place. I did it. I got it done. It took me quite a while. And it taught me that your body can be pushed, but more importantly, it's where you put your mind, right? Yeah. It's where you see yourself doing things. So like a marathon, for example, is 26, one mile races. <laughs> yeah right i mean that's what it is and people don't True, always no. say it that way but totally see you that see see that how you would it's like that. your competition that you did it was a multiple level of preparation that got you through it and you created the habit to do it and you had the mindset and you did it just like me i haven't done a marathon in like 10 years but my point is you can put your mind 
in a certain frame of reference and motivate yourself and get yourself there. And you have other people who are doing it with you. One of the things I enjoyed the most about the Disney marathon when I did the half marathon was that there were 20,000 other people with me. And I was not the number one finisher. I didn't finish last because I was afraid that if I went too slow, they'd pick you up by the bus and you're done. So I kept <laughs> going as fast as I could, like the little engine that, you know, you think you can, you think you can. But I think it's great that you share that story because to me, that shows the progressive aspect of your life, right? And of your personal goals. I love that you did a marathon too, by the Thank way. You. That, you're right. It is very mental. And some of my family have done it. I would like to thought thought that I might have done one, but I've cycling was my jam and I just day hated running. So I've done some, I did 10 K done some five Ks, but I don't know, that's about you're, it. So I, I admire you know those marathons, you, but you're right. It is mental. You know what motivated me? I had a boss at the time, my old boss, and he did, he was a Boston marathoner. And so he knew I was training. I was a first year baby lawyer at that law firm. And he knew I was training. He's like, Oh, you could do a full one. You don't have to do a half one. So I already registered to do the half one. And then three weeks later, I was like, if he thinks I can do it, I need to do the full one. <laughs> That's when I did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You're right. It's right up here. You know, I, I wonder what we, you know, we're, we have so much potential, so much capacity, do so much more than we think we can. Like I just said, I didn't think I could do a marathon. I could have, right. I just didn't really want to bad enough. I've never had the courage to go and compete in a bodybuilder competition. So I, I was think five before I did it. <laughs> well, what I'm trying to say though is, the fact is you did it. It's on your bucket list and you achieved it. Yeah, and, and I'm proud of it. There's yeah. nothing else to say about it but that. That's all. You, okay, I'll give you another example. Failure. I failed the Florida bar on my first attempt. Here's my vulnerability. 20 years ago, by a hundredth of a point. I had a 131.9 on a two-day test and I need a 132.0 to pass it, right? So that's your failure. I framed that failure. First, I was devastated. And I was in I was in my master's program at Georgetown at the time. So I decided that second semester to come back and, and pass it. And I did. And not only did I pass that bar, but I got licensed in four other states after that to prove to myself that I can do it. It's like, it's like once you deal with a, a, a setback, you can push yourself to go forward even more than you can imagine. And I, I wanted to ask you about that, 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 that. Second wind that a lot of people talk about with athletics, right? Because you used to do fitness, so you understand. When people have that second wind, that extra oomph that pushes them over the, the, the edge to finish their goals, what do you think about that in terms of life mastery? Oh, you know, uh, one of the things I found uh, doing Will's workouts is just a little thing that you can, I think it applies, like fitness can, you can make so many analogies out of fitness, sports and that kind of thing. But um, I remember so many, doing dips, for example, you know, dips, tricep dips. Um, in 20 second intervals, maybe, or minute intervals, whatever they were. And I think, oh, I can't get any more. This is it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'd say, I changed my thinking. It's the, it's the soundtracks in your brain, like the John Acuff thing, you know, it's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking, what am I thinking? Oh, this is hard. I can't do anymore. I'm like, wait a minute. I can always do more than I think I can. And do you know what? I could do way, way, not just a little bit more, but way, way more. Like I was like, it's it, if we think tired thoughts, whether it's in fitness or whatever we're doing, if we're thinking we're failing, I can't do this. Well, yeah, you're not going to do it. It's that change in your mind, what's going on in your brain. You said that marathon was mental. Totally. It's all I, mental. What you're thinking about, your life is hard? Oh, well, compared to what? Maybe it isn't hard. You know, maybe you thought my life was light and easy. My life is my life is dope. Like I borrowed from John, you know, <laughs> maybe my life is not hard compared to what is my life hard. Maybe I changed my thoughts and maybe it's not so hard or this job I have, this thing I have to do today, my to-do list. It's all really that second wind is the change of thoughts. Don't you think, I don't know if, what you did on your second wind. In your yeah. Life. I'll say this to you. And I was actually just thinking of this. I want to bring this up. You know how they say you hit the wall when you do a marathon. I hit a wall. I was at mile 20. Every muscle in my legs just got tight. I couldn't move. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. I have six more, six and a half, six point two miles to go, and I'm I'm swamped. I'm I'm toast. And then a friendly volunteer gave me like bananas and protein. And I took a respite for a few minutes. And then I just kept going after that. And my body gave way and helped me, right? So like hitting that wall, what you got to realize is yeah, sometimes you'll hit a wall. But don't keep in mind that that's the only wall you're going to have against you. You can get around that wall, over that wall, under the wall, through the wall. Through it doesn't it. matter. Right? <laughs> yeah, you crash right through it. Crash no, right yeah, through it. it. Break it down. It gave you a chance to stop, regroup, and probably change your thinking plus nourish your body, which is also a good thing to stop and wonder, 
is my life out of balance right here? Maybe I need to, maybe I need a nap or a lunch, you know, which is actually a real thing. A lot of people, I think in their day-to-day life or in the middle of a crisis, they forget to eat and that makes it worse. But yeah, maybe all you need is just to stop, rethink, regroup and push forward with a new attitude. But certainly what you think about is everything. One of the skills I teach is, you know, a lot about affirmations. And I'd like to just plug this, this little skill that I've got three major skills that I teach. This is this one. And um, it is not just affirmations, but daily written affirmations. Like you take this affirmation, you write it every day, the same one. It's a hundred, a thousand times more powerful than you stand in the mirror and say, you know, gosh, I'm great. (laughs) Or I can go get them. No, you write those affirmations and, and you own them. And then if you can I, write them and say I'm them big on that, more. I'm big on affirmations and manifestation. I have a dry erase board, a really big one in my room, and I'll put certain specific affirmations on there and I'll look at it every morning. Uh, now that I work from home with the COVID thing, I look at it probably four or five times a day. I looked at it right before our interview and those affirmations help keep me on track. And I think that that's part of like holding yourself accountable with your goals, right? Having the ability to, to, to track your daily goals and your patterns. I want to oh, ask yeah. you about that for Life Mastery, if you could share that with our audience, because I know it's something you talk about as well. Oh, yeah. This is where the rubber meets the road for success, because most success is just what you do every day. It's your daily habits. If you want to be successful in fitness, go to work out every day. If you want to be successful in business, you've got to, if you're in sales, you've got to make so many calls a day, right? Or if you're uh, you want to grow, if you want to educate yourself in your field, you've got to read every day. Whatever it is, it's about just daily habits. And it just is, and which sounds a little mundane, but it, developing habits to where they are just who you are. If you say the lives of successful people, you'll see that they set mornings aside for personal development and they just do, but it develops habits. So tracking, uh, that's where I started. I started off with three habits that I wanted. I'm 25, poorer than dirt. Like we're like, you know, like poor, <laughs> we're so poor. Like I know we play the apartment. No, we really were. We were like, how are we going to put food on the table? Miracles came along, but we were that poor with our two little girls at that time. We had two little girls. I um, I made a little tracking sheet. I tell this in the story. I made a little tracking sheet. It was just on a three by five card. I put my three habits this way, days of the, the whole month across this way. And I would just check those off. And I just do that every day. I put it up on the cabinet where everybody would see it, you know, the cupboard door where everybody would see it. And I just track that. And that was the beginning of tracking and if I have any one thing that people have found the most amount of success with, affirmations are awesome about changing who you are, but to change what you do is tracking sheets. Peter Drucker said that what gets measured gets managed. And this is a way that we measure what we're doing. Some people said, somebody said to me that it is actually one of the, the people who are looking at being a mentor with uh, life mastery. And she said, well, what if you just don't like tracking? You just do the things. Well, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough because you should be pushing hard enough that you have to track it to make sure it gets done or you're dishonest with yourself. So now you can take, you can develop habit drinking water, uh, walking so many steps, calling your mother, um, reading to your kids, reading in your field, watching one podcast a day, right? Whatever it is uh, that you want to do to grow, you develop those habits by, by a tracking sheet. They're, they're downloadable, by the way, on our website, uh, lifemasterinfo.com. You can download them and there's a copy in the book also. Uh, so you don't even have to invent one. <laughs> I've got it all taken care of for you. Yeah, it worked out. Tracking is where the rubber meets the road and people fall in love with it. Once they start doing it, they don't ever quit. I've got clients um, from 10 years ago that still do tracking regularly. Ken and I do it. We do it. It's, it's very addictive once you start doing it. I mean, I've been doing these things for a long time uh, and I've been, do- I've been doing it for 40 years and tracking my progress in varying degrees, but I wouldn't start a month without a new tracking sheet. So I got things I want to do, Jason. It's, it's, I still got a lot of growth I want, and I still can't get that 70 to 80 ounces of water down every day. <laughs> you know, for me, one of the things I, I learned from my own personal battles, I had gained weight in my 20s from being a lawyer and just working a lot and letting myself go. And then I got in my 30s and I had that same issue. And then I got in my 40s, I'm 45. One, at one point around my upper 30s, my doctor said, Jason, try intermittent fasting. You should look into this, right? So I started to do that. And I used to try diets all the time and never worked. Once I started intermittent fasting, I tracked it. I kept the formula every day and I followed my own regimen until I trained my body that this is what I want to do, right? And I haven't had those issues. I maybe go up five pounds and then I go right back into a strict fasting regimen, bring it back down. 
And I want to ask you, because since you've been in fitness and you know a lot about goal setting, in terms of one's personal goals, let's say with fitness, how would you help to guide somebody when they struggle and it takes them forever to try to figure out what they should do to put themselves on the right path for their goals? Because you know, most I was one of these people. Every January of every year, I'd go join the gym. And I'd go there for about two and a half, three weeks when it was super crowded, wait forever to use the different machines. And I'd be smiling, have my little towel, my drink. I feel really cool, revved up. February hits, guess what? The gym's no longer an actual activity, but more of a decorative thing on my keychain. So people know I have a gym membership that I pay for. But my schedule took over my personal life and I got absorbed into other things. And I wanted to like, what do you, what do you recommend to people who struggle? You know, that's just it. That problem was you didn't have a system. Like, your fasting thing, it's probably more the system than the fasting yeah. that you're, you're being aware. Um, that's what happened is you tracked it. And that's what happened when you joined the gym, but you didn't have a firm plan and a, and a tracking sheet. So now, so if I, and this is a, a real common one with clients, almost everybody's needing working with um, fitness at some level, right? Whatever they're trying to do, everyone wants to be leaner, fitter, cuter, sexier. Um, so we outline, okay, I want to work. What do I need? To, and you know, I got to work out train. We like to say, because we train our bodies because we're athletes, right? We train and eat like athletes because we're athletes in life. So I know that what I need to do is I'm going to go, what I determine I'm going to do is a workout is X. We determine what is a workout. Is it, can I drop on the floor and do 50 pushups and say, okay, I'm done. No, I have to go to the gym, do these certain things. You outline it. And then you put that on your tracking sheet. I work out, but we know what a workout is. I don't get to count it because I walked around the block, right? I got to go to the gym, do that, 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 the prescribed workout, or I could get my check, check, check mark. And then you just, you, you've got that tracking sheet you're doing every day and you don't want to miss one of your checks and you just keep going to the gym. But the problem with you, I think, like you said, you got busy, you forgot. You're not going to forget if you're keeping a tracking sheet and that pretty soon it becomes a habit. What happened to you is you have what I call the honeymoon phase. You go through the honeymoon phase and everything's on. Oh, I got my new towel, right? my new my new gym shorts, and I've got my new gym membership, and I'm gonna do dreams. And then you just get busy and you forget. Well, if you're if you're tracking every day, you're not gonna forget. You got a system to keep you hold you accountable. You got in the doldrum phase, and it just wasn't so fun anymore. And, and you sort of forgot about it. Here's one thing I'll share with you: during COVID, I've had a lot of my friends gain weight because they've been depressed. And they, they hate the fact that they've gained 30 pounds. And then they look at me and I stayed the same. I maybe gained five pounds in a year, but I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go back to it. Like, it, it's like, I think once you develop that strategy and once you follow through with the tracking of it and once for me, I just reorganized how I eat. I don't have breakfast and I drink water in the mornings. And as long as I don't eat till 12 or one o'clock in the afternoon, and then I eat until nine at night and that's it. it I just organized it in my head. I created a new paradigm for myself. I think and you track my own system. Like you said, I track it. Exactly. Now I'm not going to recommend your system particularly, but the point is you've got a system and that's worked for you. And that's what worked for anybody. If you have a system and you're tracking it like you've done, and that's what got you through COVID. I've seen people on both sides. I've seen people who use COVID to get fit. And I've seen people who just gained a boatload of boatload of weight. I've seen both. I I, um, saw a young couple from our program that had gained a lot of weight. I know a few people and, uh, but I know in my community that it lost a lot of weight. It's interesting. It seems like everybody went one way or the other, right? Yeah. Oh, but yeah. stayed the same except you. You stayed the same, not me. I, I got lucky. <laughs> uh, you did a fitness competition, so and you have a book. So I, go ahead. I got a system. You, you got your system. In place. I still I work out every day now for for decades, and I still put on my tracking sheet just because that's a tough one. I want to see that check mark off on my tracking sheet. Who do you feel has had the most influence on you and? in your life and why you raised that question i want to tell you this has been one of the most fun interviews that i've done and i really like <laughs> thank you i've had I've i love had doing it i love doing it i love talking to someone like you you're a notable person you have amazing life skills to sell to, to, to uh share with our audience and i i love your energy and i just love the fact that you are you have the courage to share what you're passionate about with our audience and with others and write a book about it that's well, thank you. i got that's a of passion for sure but i did really i really enjoyed your questions I had, i've had all kinds of posts, some that do most of the talking, some that are doing talking, some open-ended questions. Your questions have been great. Um, influence on my life. Interesting, because of the, my background, my childhood, we moved a ton. I went to like, I think it was like 13 schools or something. Wow. We just moved a lot. Part of it was the divorce, the divorces and the and the not having the money and the moving and the alcoholic stepfather. There's all kinds of reasons. But 
Um, and there didn't seem to be, I don't want to sell anybody short, but that there never was somebody at the crossroads for me. We were moving. My family was at risk. There was nobody to take me under their wing. There just wasn't anybody. And so I, I don't, when people ask that question, I don't have one place to look. So there's two things. Well, first of all, I told you my experience with prayer and I knew that I guess if there's nobody at the crossroads, the universe provides, and there was somebody, somebody in the universe walking out for me. So that would be the first thing. But um, second would be my husband because he, we were like-minded and we are really close. We are like, we have the marriage that everybody admires. It's warm, sexy, romantic, great. And we really are like-minded, but he inspires me. And, and he's, I wouldn't have written the book. So many people said, write it. When he said, write it, I'm like, okay, I'll do it because he's, <laughs> he's that person, right? So I would say he's made the biggest difference. And then the other one would be actually a conglomerate of some of the great thinkers, motivational thinkers of our era, the Zig Ziglar's, the Jim Rohn's had a huge impact on me. I went to the Darren Hardy, uh, his books and his seminar, I went, did with him, had a big impact on me. Um, some of the others, uh, Wayne Dyer, huge, Earl Nightingale, huge. When I looked for advice, I looked towards people who did something with their lives and then went on to teach it. So many people in this motivational genre have made it their career. They started 18 or 19, not to many, many names, but I can't take them serious. Like this is all you've ever done. You mm -hmm. never went out and actually did something. You just told other people how to live all your life. And, and so I don't find it's like living life. I find that the most fascinating guests I have are the people who come from a divorced family growing up. I came from a divorced family too. alcoholic father, you know, all these kind of tribulations in life. People go through a lot of adversity and I'm not saying you have to have adversity in order to be interesting to people, but I think <laughs> it, it helps, right? It helps if you can say to somebody, yeah, I've been where you are. I know it's like to struggle. I know how, how upsetting it can be when you try for something and you don't get it and you got to get yourself to that next level for yourself and overcome the disappointment and the sadness of whatever it is, or if you let someone down really badly, because no one's perfect, it's being authentic with yourself. I think that's what part of life mastery, in my opinion, looking at what we're talking about is living an authentic life for yourself and having the ability to create balance in those eight areas so that you can be the best version of yourself possible for your loved ones, for yourself and for your goals and everything else. And that's my read on, on what. Totally. I just totally, I couldn't agree more with you. That's exactly it. Being authentic, being the best version of yourself. And we have, because we have this infinite potential moving towards that, that vision of that authentic self and that um, best self that's the whole point of life mastery that's why you do it because it creates how you make a difference in the world and so a whole bunch of other things but at the end of the day it's what makes you happy not well, being the best version of yourself let's day. think of it this way one of the things i've learned when i had cancer a few years ago and i had a stage one kidney cancer and i overcame the diagnosis had the surgery i removed it i was good early detection but it taught me you can't all these people that you know are so focused on the material they're so focused on wealth. They're so focused on, you know, the things that they can accomplish, having the nice cars. I'm not saying those things are bad. They're good. But what you're doing and, and, and what I really find value with life mastery is that you're looking at life itself and you're not and you're and you're looking at preparing people to realize that we're more about spiritual than you realize. Like oh, we're yeah. mind, body, spirit. And your life per you know, life mastery, in my opinion, it's recognition of that. Because when we die, guess what, rich people? You can't take it with you. You're going to yeah. leave it. And you guess the what? You think, Jason, about that, though. You know, it's true that all those things, pursuing those things, the money, the cars, the careers, we talked about this earlier, leaves you out of balance and you're not going to find happiness with all those things. Yeah. And yet, if you live a life in balance, they come to you anyway. Exactly. I have a really nice car. You should see my car. It's so hot. It's the greatest. I have this red Mercedes. It's awesome. And I live in this condo downtown, but I didn't go out seeking those things. What I thought was a well-rounded life. I wanted no ceiling on my money. Like I told you, I wanted, I wanted, I live pretty simply. Really. I don't have a lot of things, but um, it's, it wasn't the pursuit of the money. They just come when you do all the right principles in all the right areas. Like it's really hard to be successfully financial if you've gone through a couple of divorces and you split everything a couple of times, right? Or you can't focus on it because things aren't good at home or your health's not good. Uh, Ken's fond of sharing these little bits of wisdom to the young people and bank tellers and whoever listened to him, but said, take good care. They're, they're always admiring the thing. We travel a lot. They're always admiring the things that we do. But he said, you got to take good care of your money, take good care of your relationships. So you have somebody to go and take good care of your body. So you've got the health to do it and take care of those three things. And uh, that's probably at the end of the day, that is pivotal. You know, 
Pivotal advice. Yeah. Pivotal advice. You need your health. You need the financial stability. So I I look at financial stability as something you could do to help others in your life. Because if you're stable, then you could be in a higher mindset to work with others, help people and enjoy, you know, all the things about your life. You can plan it if you're broke, you know, trying to feed yourself. You can't, you should take, you know, Jim Rowan would say this, but first you work to take care of your family, yourself, then your family, and then whoever else you can take care of. Exactly. Right. You know, you can do so much good in the world with, and I talked about that in the book under the money section, but there's no, there's nothing noble about being broke. (laughs) You're not, you're not useful. Um, There's so much you can do in the world if you've got money. And what, what do you think when you look at what's happened in the last year and a half with the pandemic, how do you feel uh, the pandemic can be used as a reference point to help people get back on track to, to living their most, you know, having the ability to to master their own lives and, 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 actually get into the stuff we're talking about? Oh, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, uh, to remember, like we talked about adversity earlier, it's just an event and make sure you you, you, just, you have to just maybe regroup. So it's a good opportunity to, to we talked about the people who gained weight and the ones that lost weight. <laughs> metaphor for COVID, right? You had options. Like I got all that, maybe I have a lot more free time while I can sit around and watch the news or I could <laughs> probably get an education on audiobooks and programs. I could probably get a four, equal to a four-year degree in the time that COVID was here, right? So you can look at it as an opportunity or as a, um, a, a problem. And that's so probably how you look at it. That's probably a, a big point. I observed, because I live downtown, um, right downtown in center of Boise in a condo building downtown. Uh, so we're downtown all the time and we eat out all, pretty much every night. So we've observed the businesses through COVID. And plus we're in business and we have a lot of businesses, people, and we know the entrepreneurial business owners. The ones who learned how to work with it, to be creative, came out of it. I mean, they're rocking business. Our business has never done so well. All of our businesses actually have never done so well. Every enterprise we have across the board is better than it's ever been. So as others end up closing their doors, they didn't know what to do. They run their hands. We can't be open. Maybe we'll We'll all die. You know, we better close the doors. Oh, we can't do things the way we've always done them. How will we survive? Those businesses are not surviving very well. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's, I guess, and that may not be exactly what you asked. No. Hey, that's the lesson of COVID is uh, like any other adversity. You can either, uh, as I said, in the old Testament, Job, uh, his wife suggested he could curse God and die. Well, that's not useful, <laughs> not at all. you know, so, or you can have a plan. And um, so I think maybe that's the lesson of COVID. This will not be the last. This is not even. This is not even the worst thing. I've been. I've lived a little longer than you and a lot of people. But there's worse things that have happened on this planet. If you looked at the '60s, we're all living fear of the bomb. Race riots were among people were being killed. It was the Vietnam War. Um, we had we had what the Asian flu or one of those bird flus or one of them, I can't remember what it was. A lot of people died from that. You know, this wasn't the worst thing that could happen to us. It wasn't that big. Well, what I what I consider the pandemic also is an opportunity to show the resiliency of human nature. Yes. And, and right. to look at the heroes like our first responders or people who have really made something out of nothing. You know, somebody who takes the opportunity to be a hero without a cape, that we yeah, can have some so. amazing people. Which might just look like making sure you visit the shut-ins on your on the floor of your condo or the people, you know, it might look like a lot of different things. Uh, being aware of the people who might be depressed or got problems or, you know, or, or can't figure out what to do with their children during the day or might be an abusive situation. It could be that kind of thing. It could be, how can I, how can I make the world a better place? How can I help turn this thing around? Uh, there was a group of businessmen in our community, uh, well-known and world, world-renowned really businessmen that happened to be from Idaho. And they put together a flatten the curve program and testing and I don't know if it did any good, but they went right to work and tried to help fix it, you know? So, yeah. And then other people sat home, listened to the news and mm-hmm. were upset and argued and fought over Facebook. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you something. I wish I had done more of my podcast last year, but for a while I had to wait to get through the, just my mindset with the pandemic. I had some close friends, parents die and stuff. And it really shocked me that, you know, this it happens. I know it, it occurs, but I love the fact that we have the ability to take in our own human capacity. We have the ability to look beyond a situation and innovate. 
We have the ability to look at something and not just look for the worst of it, but to find the silver lining. I'm all about positive thinking. Everything in my life, you show me a glass, I'm like, oh, that's half full. You show me a, a detour, I'm like, ah, somewhere else to go and check out. I haven't been before. You know, I, I, try, I try to find that silver lining. I want to ask you, from your personal experience of your life itself and just everything you've done, do you find that positive attitude, positive mindset, mindsets and paradigms make a real difference when it comes to achieving life mastery? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it makes every difference. Right? You've got to believe you can do it for starters. Yeah. You've got to think this is, you know, you got to think positive and think it's possible. You, It took you a while to get your thinking around it, but then you did, right? I think yeah. that happened a lot of people. We weren't sure what quite to do. But you went to work thinking, you let your brain go, and pretty soon you came up with something. And that's what the successful people, that's what positive thinkers do. Well, a lot of people just waited it out. I'll just wait it out. Well, if you're always growing or you're or you're dying, one or the other, and I don't mean that just physically, yeah. but in your person, you're thriving or you're you're not even surviving. Well, if you did that, then what are you going to be at the end of the, the pandemic? But if you're thinking, you're like, what can I do with this? Maybe I can write a book, maybe I can do more podcasts. <laughs> Maybe I could do I could do home delivery with my food, my restaurant, what, whatever. If you're thinking, you come out of the pandemic better. And that's just such a great metaphor for life. You've got to think it's possible. If you don't, if you're not positive, you don't think it's possible, then you're not going to do it. You're right um, about that. <laughs> and training your brain. And it can be discouraging. I'm, I'm, I'm lying if I told you I didn't have some down times. It took me a little while to wrap my head around the fact that my world was changing. I didn't like the things happening to my world. A lot of trips I had planned that were kind of a big deal to me were canceled. And, and so I had some discouraging moments, but you say, okay, well, how can I get around this? What can I do? Actually do. And that's the thing is actually, what can I do? Do something. You Would you believe we're coming close to the time for the interview, how fast it goes? When we get <laughs> into these conversations, I just find that I get so energized having such yeah. a great discourse that it flies by. It's like, how does that even happen so fast? Right. But yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I want to ask, how, how would our audience find you? I just want to make sure we have a chance to share your information with the audience. So that, I mean, you have such an amazing story. I would want them to find you. Well, first of all, I'd like, I really, I just, I hope that people will buy the book because not for my sake, because honestly, I don't make very much on the books. <laughs> I was surprised. Buy I this book. book. Right. But it's on Amazon. It's Life Mastery. Uh, my Sherry Sterling Fernandez on Amazon. I, I think it will really change. I mean, sincerely with all my heart, I believe if you read it with an open heart, it will change your life. So I would hope before you try to find me, try to find the book. Uh, you can find me. I'm easy. I'm on the website. Um, my email's on the website. It's Sherry at lifemasteryinfo.com or the website's lifemasteryinfo.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. I, I don't actually do this myself, but apparently we're on Twitter because I've got somebody else that manages that Twitter thing because I don't want any more social media. But <laughs> on Facebook, I am personally managed my own Facebook. Um, so there's that. I'm really easy to find. And I'm pretty open to because my my thing is I want to make your world go around. I'm pretty, I'm pretty accessible and I hope I can stay accessible. I'm actually thinking of putting on a, a call schedule so people can actually call me and ask questions just because I want to do that. I just can't find one of my guys who's, who's enthusiastic enough about that idea that I can get him to put one of those on my website, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to push him a little bit. So um, yeah, I'm very accessible. Call me if you find my phone number. <laughs> okay. Me. Let me ask you this. If you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? A spirit animal. Like I, go for, I go first if you like. What, what's yours? Yeah. What's yours? I always say owl. Cause I have two parrots. I love birds. I grew up with a parrot as a kid and I, I love the, uh, the desire for wisdom. The desire to look beyond and above things and see things not as just an, an obstacle, but to see around that obstacle and look at the big picture and have the wisdom that you can gain from that. That's basically my that story. That seems like that fits you good. Now, that's easy for me, lion. It used I to love it. For a long time, it was my, what you call it, a mascot. My the cover of my workbooks had a lion on them before we rebranded as Life Master. So, yeah, a lion, um, it's, uh, it just suits me. It's, they're, they're, I'm, I'm still a bit of a loner. And I, I, they tell me I have a lot of personal power. I don't feel like I, I'm five foot. Four. I think you I do. Like you did a competition last year. That I mean, that's bad. personal power. <laughs> yeah, I can still do more pushups than most people. So I think that may, but no, just my, I, I, they tell me that I've got a very, people tell me, I get that feedback a lot, but I'm, I'm very uh, powerful. My personality is powerful. My presence is powerful. So I think the lion fits me. I love and that. I'm to embrace that. 
a lot of times I hear that 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 Jabari, that trainer I told you about, he said he just to say, Sherry, when I first met you, you scared me to death. <laughs> I scared you to death. You old tough um, Air Force uh, service man, you <laughs> all your big muscles. So yeah, I'm scary. So I maybe the lion fits, but I do think the outfit too good. I can see that. Excellent, Sherry. I want to thank you for coming on. That's been really fun, actually. You've been, I know I wasn't really sure how that was going to go. I never talked to a psychic before. So. Oh, and let me tell you something. You're going to get to travel a lot be. next year. I'll tell you that. You're going to travel a lot next year. You're going to have opportunities coming yeah. up. Your book, you're going to be on like some type of virtual book tour, some type of thing you're going to do um, with Life Mastery. And I also think you're yeah. going to do some additional uh, a push to work with different organizations. And, and, and I, I'm just telling you what I'm reading right now. I read energy. I can tell you that what I see 2022 is going to be a busy year for you. And you'll be I happy about it. Yeah, right. you'll be I'm happy with From your mouth to God's ear and all the old the Jewish women would say, hey, That's... guess where I'm going in February? The Galapagos Islands. Oh, Galapagos. wow. Hard to get there, you know. It's hard to find a way to do that. Yeah. You have to get a permit and stuff. Anyway, that was, on my, that was on my big dreams list and opportunity came my way. So. You know what was on my bucket list about 10 years ago I got to do? I went to Australia. And I had always wanted to do that since being a little kid. So when you start living your bucket list, I feel like it gives you so much value. So much insight and so much appreciation of the daily grind that we do in our lives, right? And uh, I just think it's beautiful. Yeah, travel can make you such a better person. I love traveling. I've been to a bunch of places. I was in uh, when COVID hit. I was in Australia. I got I got quarantined. <laughs> so I didn't get to see in it. Australia. I went just got there, and they put us in a hotel there for three nights, quarantined, and they shipped us home. So I didn't get to see Australia. You will. So I got to go. You back. will. I just want to thank Sherry for coming on the show today to share her amazing journey and her story, uh, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. It's out now. It's on Amazon. I'm going to have the information in the show notes about how you can go about purchasing this book. It's an amazing read. And as you can tell from my conversation with Sherry today, I highly recommend that you check out the Life Mastery program. Look at this information. What I love to do with our show is offer tools. You know, not everyone relates to everything, but by having different tools that you can look at, healing modalities, positive things that you can do to approach and reshape your life, those are the kind of things that are going to make you have the ability to have a greater impact, not only on yourself, but those in your life as well. Just like Sherry's formula, contentment plus progress equals happiness. Think of that for a minute. Constantly striving to create, to be the best that you can. Those are what we try to do anyway. And I think it's important to take stock of things, to look at things and to appreciate what our potential can really be. It's infinite. And if you look at it that way, check out Sherry's book. Her, her message is going to resonate with you. It's resonated with me. And I can tell you right now, you're going to really enjoy it. So check out the show notes, look at this information. And if anyone ever has any questions about our show, you can always reach out to me directly at info at the letter D socialpsychicradio.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, supporting the show, and please check out Sherry's information. And thank you so much. I want to thank Sherry for sharing her amazing story with us and transforming lives and just giving us the ability to look at this stuff and say, you know what, even if you have a setback, even if you go through something that you just know in terms of your own personal goals, it might jostle you a little bit or upset you a little bit. Everything's transitory. Everything's fleeting. Nothing lasts forever. Even a frame of mind. Failure is a frame of mind. I look at failure as like learning experiences. That's all they are. But you need to look at this stuff yourself. Check it out. Hold yourself accountable. Look into this stuff. I, I'm, I'm really telling you, you're going to be happy you did. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. 
Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.